Hi everyone, welcome to the Biblical Truth Podcast. I am Pastor Jimmy Fletcher with Mount Nebo Baptist Church. I pray that you have had a blessed weekend coming off of this 4th of July weekend. I am super excited that you have tuned in today to dive into another biblical topic. Uh, Just to give you an idea of what we're going to be dealing with today before we open up in prayer We're going to be uh, dealing with the issue of judgment. And is it ever right to make a judgment? And so before we get started, what I want to do is open us up with prayer. So bow your heads with me if you can, and uh, we'll, we'll go into prayer, and then we'll get into this Biblical Truth Podcast. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Lord, thank you for giving us this opportunity Lord, what I'm praying for, Lord, is that you would get all the glory and honor uh, through this podcast, Lord, that, Lord, no focus would be brought to me, but that it would all be brought upon you and what your word has to say. Lord, I pray for the believer, Lord, that you would just use this to lead us and guide us and help us to be more biblically grounded in your word, and that, Lord, if there is one listening that doesn't know you, that you would draw them unto salvation. Lord, help me to speak with clarity, humility, with love. And uh, Lord, only a power that comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have been around for any length of time, you have probably had this question come, or you have probably had this, not question, but this statement made. And that is this, judge not lest ye be judged. In fact, I believe that most people, it doesn't even matter if you're a believer uh or not, can quote this passage. This is probably one of the easiest and most most quoted and most, uh, or one of the most utilized scriptures that is taken out of context to to justify uh, someone's behavior or what someone you know is is choosing to do. And so the question arises then, uh, because we hear that so often is, you know, I'm not supposed to judge or you're not supposed to judge not or less that, that you be judged. That it has been just, it has been put into our minds so much. What What is the the right answer? What what are we to do? How are we to take this scripture? Um, and, and I think that when the world takes this scripture and, and utilizes it so much every time someone makes a judgment, that the unfortunate thing is, is it seeps into the church and the church begins to adopt the idea that somehow making a judgment is wrong and that Scripture forbades all judgment. Most people will turn to Luke chapter 6 and they will quote out of verse 37. And I'm going to read 37 and 38, but it says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. So it appears there that whenever you read the words of Jesus, that he is telling us not to make judgments. We could go so far as to say that Jesus is forbaying all judgment in scripture when he says that. But the interesting thing is, is when you go into John chapter 7, verse 24, what you find is an interesting statement here. It says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge 
with a righteous judgment. So what we would have to conclude then from the words of Jesus is, is that when he says judge not and you shall not be judged, and then you read John seven twenty four, that judgment altogether is not forbade in Scripture, that we as believers will have to make judgments at certain times in our life. R.C. Sproul, in commenting on this particular passage, I think breaks it down really well where I think will help us to, to even understand better uh, what Jesus is talking about here. So I'm going to quote him, and this is what it says. For a start, the New Testament speaks of a judgment that is condemnatory, that flows out of a spirit of arrogance and self-righteousness that has nothing to do with the spirit of Christ. There is that kind of precipitous consigning of other people to hell, which the God of the Bible hates. We, never, we are never to be involved in that kind of judgmental spirit. But there is another kind of judgment which we may refer to not as a judgment of condemnation, but rather a judgment of discernment or evaluation. And so I believe what R.C. is saying in this particular commentary on this passage is, is that we are to have the right kind of judgment, that we're to do it uh, with the right spirit, if you want to say it that way. In other words, the judgment that Jesus forbades in Scripture is a judgment of hypocrisy, a judgment without mercy, and a judgment that condemns people to hell. In fact, if you read on, that's one of the indictments that Jesus lays on the spiritual leaders, whenever he says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck in this that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. And so I believe that all of this judgment falls under these categories. So without without hypocrisy, you know, with with doing it with mercy and doing it without condemnation. That's the judgment that I believe that we as believers should have. But oftentimes we do fall in to the trap of we make judgments and we're doing it out of hypocrisy. In other words, we're involved in the very same thing. And what I mean by that is it would be hard to tell someone that you shouldn't live in sexual sin or you shouldn't live in drunkenness or you shouldn't live for yourself and yet that's what you're characterized by. Same thing as, you know, lack of forgiveness and things like that. If if you if you don't forgive, then you can't call other people to forgive. And so I think that's where we're talking about the hypocritical aspect. The other aspect that we talked about is that issue of of mercy, you know, doing it without mercy, where we're just we're just browbeating people and beating them over the head, and and we're failing to to be merciful to them um, in what's going on um, in their life. And then, of course, lastly, we know that uh, the condemning people to hell, none of us have the power nor the ability to send anyone to hell. Um, it's not that we can't proclaim the gospel and tell people that if you don't believe that. 
that you're going to hell. It's that we're we're basically assigning people to the place of hell, um, and and making that that judgment upon their life based off of what they're doing or, or they're not doing. And so I think it is important for us to realize that. So if we're going to make judgments, we want to do it in the right way. And I believe that we're only going to be able to do it in the right way whenever we do this first thing. And that is we evaluate our own lives first. It's always vital to do self-examination of yourself before you ever do anything. Whenever whenever I preach, I mean, I said it this past Sunday in my sermon, and I, I say it quite frequently in the sermons that I preach is, is that we need to be looking within before we're ever looking out because we need to examine our heart. We need to examine where we are before we're willing to take on this task of judging the right way so that we don't do what the Pharisees, you know, were doing in making these judgments. I mean, they, they were unmerciful. I mean, they they didn't have any mercy, you know, that they, they, they were hypocrites. And I mean, they were condemning people to hell because people wouldn't conform to, you know, their way of life to what they saw uh, as a way to get them to heaven. And so, I, and, that, and that's what these religious people were characterized by. And so this is why it's important that we first evaluate and examine our own hearts before we're willing to do anything else, because we don't want someone to say to us, hey, get get the speck out of your eye before you get it out of my eye because you're caught up in those very same things. Now, I want you to, to, to think about this for a minute in, in, in processing this issue of judgment uh, to show you that there are times where we have to make judgments. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, um, there was immorality going on in the church and Paul goes on to call this out amongst the church. It, he says it is actually in 1 Corinthians 5 reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as it is not even named among the Gentiles that a man has his father's wife and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned and he who has done this deed might be taken away from you. And I think that when, when you hear Paul calling this out, I think the common thing that would, would happen uh, from the church today in America is you have no right to make that judgment. You can't judge that. But Paul, in fact, in First Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 5, makes a judgment that what's going on within the church is not right. So he has to make a judgment. So for us to buy into the lie that we can't make any kind of judgment uh, within the church or, or outside of the church in that righteous judgment that is talked about in John seven twenty four is just simply false. I mean, that's the whole matter of church discipline, isn't it? If we're going to enact church discipline within a church, then we have to be able to make judgments. There's no way to enact church discipline within a church if you're not willing to do those things. And, and I think that, that we would rather adopt the view of, hey, it's, let, let's just pretend like we don't see it. Let's not say nothing. It's not my place to say anything. And Jesus says, judge not. No, that's taking that scripture out of context. So what I want you to see is, is Paul's making a judgment here, right? Uh, Matthew 18 with this issue of church discipline, that's making judgments, 
you know, the, the, the matter that, that we're seeing with abortions and things like that. We have to make those judgments as Scripture to call out those unrighteous acts. It is our place to stand up and to speak out against those things, believers. So we don't want to buy into this judging not and that, that we're not to ever say anything. It's just one of the tools, I believe, that is used by the world and is used by Satan so that people will just continue on in the way and direction that they're going without anybody ever saying anything to them. I mean, it would be just like this, someone showing up to church, you know, here on the front steps, and they decide, hey, I, I want to utilize drugs today before I go into the sanctuary. <laughs> How many people would say, oh, you're not to judge them? You know, oh, you, you can't judge that they're, they're using drugs on the, the church house grounds and things like that. that. That's just ludicrous to say those things. Uh, and, and so, friends, we, we've got to recognize and get out of this lie that we've been told that, that we simply can't say anything about what's going on. And I want to say this because I think that the passage makes this abundantly clear here, is that when you judge not, when you condemn not, and you forgive, and you will be forgiven, it says something key in verse 38, give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. Now, a lot of people use that to say, if you put your tithe money in the offering plate and you sow a seed here, what's going to happen to you is, is it's going to be returned to you and it's going to be overflowing in abundance to you. But I don't believe that's what Jesus is talking about here. I believe what Jesus is saying is, in the way in which you uh, impart your judgments, in the way in which you don't condemn people, in the way in which you forgive people, this is the very same thing that's going to be returned to you. So if you are harsh, if you are unmerciful, if you are unforgiving, what's going to be returned to you, not only by the Lord, but by the people around you? The same thing that you have done to them. And so you have to realize that. So, so if you want this overflowing to you, I mean, just in abundance running over in your life, then I believe that as believers, that this should be the heart of how we judge and, and utilize the issue of judgment uh, amongst us and around us and what we're doing. So when you see someone caught up in sin, be merciful. When, when, when you see that, do it without hypocrisy. When, when someone wounds you, show forgiveness. And, and, and let that spill over into other people's lives. And I believe the Lord is simply saying, look, it's going to spill back over into your lives. And I think where you see that with other people, where they don't experience that at times, is because they do it without that. They, they, they don't do it with mercy. They, they don't do it without hypocrisy and all of those things. That They're not willing to, to, to do this in the right way. And so for, for us, I don't know about you, but I like to be blessed and, and I like those things to be running. I would like those things to be running over to me. And so I, I want to be able to display that. And I will go ahead and tell you that it is a challenge because in the times that sometimes that you do show mercy and the times that you do show the grace that you're supposed to, to show, when the times that you do exercise forgiveness, it doesn't mean that it's going to be given to you, you know, pressed down every single time that you do that from people. 
Um, and, and we have to recognize that. Some people are not going to receive that. But I also want you to understand this, is that when you look at the Beatitudes, and I believe how all of this ties into this, is that we're doing this from a state of not self-righteousness, but from the reality of every judgment that we make, we're doing it from the reality that we recognize that we are spiritually bankrupt without Jesus. And I think that when you go back up into verses 21 on into 26, you kind of get that picture. And so we have to recognize in making judgments that, that we are nothing without Christ. And I think that will stimmy that self-righteous behavior and judging without the mercy and without hypocrisy when we realize that we're just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And so I think that's going to help us in the future in being able to help other people. And instead of judging in a way that we're beating people over the head with sticks, we'll judge people in order to help them to see the error of their way and to bring them back to the Lord if they are believers. But you have to recognize this, that when you begin to to do this, that there are times, and I think when you go into verse 22, it says, blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you. You're going to have to recognize that whenever you begin to, to stand out and say, this isn't right, that this is that this is not the way that this should be going. And you stand up, and even though you do it the right way, and you're not harsh and you're not ugly about it, let me tell you what's going to happen to you, and you have to recognize this, is that you're going to be hated, and people will exclude you from, from being included because they're not going to want you around. And that is real. Those things are going to happen in your life. But despite all of that, we still have to stay the course in doing the right thing no matter what. And I believe if we do that, then we're, we're going to be blessed by the Lord, whether we receive that from other people or not. And so I just want to challenge you to, you know, if you, if you see something that, you know, is not right, if, if you see something going on, you know, you, there has to be somebody to step up and say this isn't right. I mean, that's what's going on in our culture right now. You know, that we just have lost that courage to say it. It's better to just go along to get along than it is to speak up and do the right thing. And, and, and I believe that the church has to get back to that. Not again, beating people over the head and calling everybody out and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. But standing up for righteousness and, and doing the right thing from a state at the same time of recognizing that we're spiritually bankrupt without Jesus. And so I think that's what's going on in our culture. And we're finally starting to see some, some pushback on things that are, that are happening because you're beginning to see God's people saying, wait a minute, I'm not going to go for this anymore. You know, when, when people begin to try to take prayer out of school and, and take prayer away and Bible reading and all of those things, you know, are we going to say, oh, judge not lest ye be judged? I, I shouldn't do that. No, we have to stand up for righteousness. And, and so whether that be in those instances, abortion, whether people are doing wrong and, and choosing to make wrong decisions, we have to be able to, to stand in the gap and say this because the consequences are not just for, you know, the person they're dealing with. The consequences of, of not stepping up and speaking out for righteousness sake is a whole host of people get wounded in the process because someone did not have the courage to stand up and say, hey, this isn't right. 
what is going on. And so we have to recognize those things. And so I want to challenge you uh, not to be the deputy Holy Spirit, because that's not what we're trying to do here, but just not to be scared to say, hey, I'm, gonna, I, I'm making a judgment about that, 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 that is not correctly. And my challenge is for you to do it from a state of recognizing that you're nothing without Jesus and that you're going to do it in the right way and not the way in which the Pharisees did it, uh, but the way that Jesus shows us in, in the Scripture. Don't buy into to any of those, those lies that, um, that, go, that go on. And I'll tell you, as a pastor, you know, this is so challenging, you know, uh, to, to, to be able to do this um, because there are times where you, as a pastor, have to do this. You know, and that's, I think that's where the church discipline and other things come into play. But even as a pastor, to somebody challenge, challenge you as pastors, do it the right way. Um, you, you, you are who you are by the grace of God. And Christian, you are who you are by the grace of God. So let's not rip one verse out of context. Let's utilize it uh, for the glory and honor of the Lord. And so let me say this again clearly so nobody leaves with the wrong idea. We're not calling you, I want to say it again, to be Deputy Holy Spirit. We're not calling you to be angry Christians. We're, we're not calling you to be mean Christians. We're just call, I'm just calling you to be a Christian who lets the weight of Scripture fall on your life and that you apply it in the correct way. And so maybe today you are a believer and you're sitting here saying, you know what? I have made judgments of time, but I've done it in a condemning way. I've done it in a harsh way. I've done it where I have not shown mercy. And what I want to tell you today is the good news of, of the gospel is, is that you can keep coming back to Jesus and laying that at his feet and saying, Lord, help me to be a Christian who displays this the right way. Um, and, and you're forgiven and, and it's cast as far as the east is to the west. Um, but I think the fear is for me in this passage is for, you know, someone who may think that they believe and don't really believe in Jesus or they don't believe at all and they have, you know, this particular spirit about them. And one day there's coming a reckoning because we're all going to stand in front of Jesus and give an account. And, you know, part of that account is, uh, is, you know, your life on trial before the Lord. And so uh, there, there's a story in Scripture about a guy who was forgiven. And his master had forgiven him. And then he turned around and he failed to offer forgiveness to someone who owed him a debt. And the reality was, you know, his punishment was so great because of, of, what, he had, of what he had done. And so I, I look at this, I, I say all that to say this, is that I think in our judgments, I think in, you know, doing this the right way, you know, such as forgiving and all of that that ties into this, is that there's going to be such a great punishment that's going to fall on people that I don't think that they realize. And Jesus has, has taken this upon himself. You know, he, he has taken the weight of Jesus on, or excuse me, he has taken the weight of our sin on his back. And he died on that cross for our sin in order to give us life. And, and he did that by raising from the grave on the third day. 
And so I don't want to stand before him as a person who was characterized by judging the wrong way, judging, you know, without hypocrisy, without mercy, and without forgiveness. Um, Because when an unbeliever stands before him, he's taken all of that on his back. Friends, he's the only one who who can, can condemn someone and send them to hell. Jesus is the only one who can do that. And, you know, he's... He's the one who gives us ultimate forgiveness. And so, friends, we've got to remember all of that in light of this, that we've got to look and fix our eyes on Jesus so that we are walking uh, properly as we see that day approaching. So I guess the other question that I would have is, is are you an unbeliever? Um, Because the one who is going to offer, you know, you the purest forgiveness that that you ever could get, you know, who could release you from condemnation, all of those things is open to showing you mercy like you've never seen before. And I believe when that has been bestowed upon our lives, then we will then we will be people, believers, who do this, you know, towards other people. And even though we say this is hard and that that it's hard sometimes to forgive and it's hard to do this and it's hard to do that, friends, the good news is, is that if we have this spirit living inside of us, then we can show it to other people. So I don't know where you are today, but I pray you'll be a, a Christian who doesn't buy into that lie of you can't make judgments, but that you will buy into the truth that if you're going to make a judgment, that you do it the right way without or with mercy, without hypocrisy, and that you're forgiving people. And I think that's, that, 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 that's what you're uncovering in this particular passage. So I want to thank you today uh, and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, We want to thank our guest for joining us today on the Biblical Truth Podcast. And when I say guest, I'm talking about those of you who have tuned in today to hear this message. If you have any biblical-related questions, please send them to me at biblicaltruth345 at gmail.com and I will try to answer your questions based on scripture. Have a blessed week and tune in next time when we do another Biblical Truth podcast. Christian, go out there this week. Love God, love people, serve them. And if you do have to make judgments, I want to challenge you to do it with mercy, without hypocrisy, with love and forgiveness. Thank you again. Have a blessed week.